Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions, returning to you all after several weeks of holiday voidness. I don't know. Um, what is time? Who can say? But I can say that I am being joined as per usual by my co host, uh, Miss Sandy Bundle. Hello. Hello, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. How are you doing today? For whatever that means, who can say? I don't know. What year is it? Where are we? It is 2022, or it is somewhere in the 600th day of Ma- of March, 2020. Whichever... That feels more accurate. Yeah, I have to say kind of, yeah. I had to fill out a form at the doctor's office and like sign it, and I was like, wait, you expect me to write a different year on this? What's happening? <laughs> Um, yeah, the fact yeah. that we don't fill out checks anymore means that I never learn what year it is the way I used to do every month. I still have checks. Oh. I can't tell you the last time I like wrote one. I think it was probably like, um, I, I I bet you, and I will look to Greg to confirm this when he listens to this episode, but I bet you that it was some kind of wedding deposit. Yep. Yep. That probably, that, 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 that tracks. Right. All right. So uh, what are we discussing today? We are coming back at you for the year ahem, 2022 with a discussion of the latest masterpiece drama slash adventure series slash I'm not really hurt, sure how to categorize this thing uh, called Around the World in 80 Days. And we are joined by Miss Carmen Crowen, who is recapping this for us at Televisions. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Hi, Carmen. I feel like I was just here. <laughs> you were just here. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I have. Uh, by the way, I am classifying around the world in eighty days as the beginning of the Vern Cinematic Universe. Um, oh, can we stop that? I'm sorry. I no, no, no. It's it's the VCU. I'm sorry. The VCU. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> I know. Where um, I went to VCU. there is a university called Virginia Commonwealth University. There, so, yeah, called no. VCU. Yeah, that tickles me slightly. I was going to say that I don't. Uh, I'm going to be curious if either of you have. I have not read the Jules Verne air quotes classic upon which this is based because, quite frankly, all of uh, Jules Verne's stories feel very non-friendly to female readers and very aimed at boys, so I never felt the need. No, I never... I didn't read it either. That's funny. I I read... Um, most of the Verniverse, as we might call it. Oh, Verniverse. See, that's better. Okay. You, that's better than Verniverse. We're going with Verniverse? Okay. Um, I, I read most of them in my 20s. Um, again, like you, I felt as a kid that these were not really meant for me. They didn't really interest me. I mean, you know, my mother didn't give these to me. I was given things like, you like, know. Are there girls in these? No, not really. Um, that's I was given I like, I was given things like, you know, The Little Princess and The Secret Garden and Heidi. Um, A Little Princess is freaking great. And I will fight you. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying that, that like the books I were given were like Fred, Francis Hard, Hodgson Bird, Burness. God, I'm oh, butchering her name. Make another little princess. That's such a good book. And I'm like, like getting emotional about it now. <laughs> like, like those are the. That's what I'm saying. Is those are the books? Yeah, that I it's read. a very like it's a very like gendered lean, right? And and so I I picked up Jules Verne in my 20s because I was curious about it because I never read it and. You know, is he journey to the center of the earth too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like my my response to him, and he's two thousand leagues under the sea. Is the other? Oh, yeah. Those are basically the three big ones are around the world, going days. places. Yeah. Uh, two thousand leagues under the sea and journey to the center of the earth. Those are the three big ones, basically. And not only are they very male centric, um, 
in my 20s, this being, you know, the, the mid aughts, I my response to this was, God, these are colonialist. And they're like <laughs> Rudyard Kipling levels of like thoughtlessly colonialist. I wish I wish I were more familiar with the source material, actually, because I have read um, several people in because uh, we're, we're two episodes into this season now and out of eight. Yes. yes. And and I think I have read a lot of people whose opinions I trust talk about the show and and the ways that it tries to kind of compensate for that and doesn't always, you know, get there because I guess there are limitations given the parameters of this story. But uh, I would I would be interested to know if either of you are really aware of ways that it has been changed or if people listening out there are more aware of ways that, that well, they tried to update this for kind of a, a modern audience. Okay, well, let, let's start with, um, Carmen, why don't you explain the story? <laughs> okay. It's what it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a, uh, a gentleman named uh, Phileas Fogg who um, apparently... I also kind of, have to tell you that until right now, I thought his name was Phineas. Yeah. So did I Not until Phileas. she said it out loud. And then I physically <laughs> looked at his name on the screen and realized that it does actually say Phileas. Well, that's what I think I assumed as well. Yeah. Really? Up until I read like the episode description, that's what I right. thought it was. Right. And yeah. Uh, and it, it would appear from what we learn about him at the beginning that he kind of has this dreamers kind of uh, soul. And an adventurer at heart, but he's too afraid to do the things he wants to do is what kind of the things that were shown, but we don't really know exactly what's behind them yet. Um, anyway, so he uh, goes to his um, social club or whatever, the, the reform club. and Where women are not allowed. Where women are not allowed. And when they step in, they're kicked out uh, because they're going to upset the men. <laughs> Anyway, well, some things haven't changed, <laughs> yeah. but I'm But an article has been printed in the Daily Telegraph about how you, uh, it is now possible to uh, circumnavigate the globe in 80 days because of uh, new train lines that have been um, built in India. So he's really interested in this. He has a really sciencey mind about it. He, you know, he understands. Um, physics and all these different things and uh so he he kind of mentions well that's this would be interesting i think it could be done and then he gets kind of bullied into uh into a bet uh to to try it because in front of everybody at the club uh this really kind of (laughs) jerk who i don't remember his name uh you know bets that he can't do it uh for ten thousand pounds and in front of everybody he i think he feels like he has to take the bet so he ups it to 20 (laughs) and which i guess in like american modern dollars is more than it sounds oh it is i looked it up it's like uh two and a half million pounds if you in today's- I gotta get a, I gotta get this off my chest out of the gate and that is that I have questions about their route like who planned this route <laughs> well, it's not see, direct it's not efficient right it's just I have questions here's my biggest problem so far uh in the two episodes oh, wait, I guess we should add the fact that he picks on like two he picks up two friends yes, to travel with yes. him uh one being that he he realizes that his old elderly uh uh, valet, uh, his his man's servant at home, could not do this. So he asked somebody to go and find him. Ageism. 
well, really, he wouldn't have made it. <laughs> uh, but he uh, so he sends off for, you know, a new valet to travel with him. And uh, the uh, the French gentleman that was the waiter at the uh, at the club, he he wants to get out of town quick. And so he he intercepts the message and uh, parse. Oh, uh, what's his name? Passepartout. I should know. I took French. Jeez, Zooey. Uh, I'm doing French right now on Duolingo. Yeah. And this is not an ad for Duolingo, but I love Duolingo. Um, And I, I cannot get over the fact, like, the word for passport in French is literally just passport with an E in the middle. Oh, uh-huh. And I'm like, his name is just passport. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> I looked it up and what it is, is because I thought partout. Partout means all over is what that means. And... What this means is it's an archaic term for a, a skeleton key or a master key. Oh, that's in much more interesting than I thought yeah. it would be. So it's just it's passport. Yeah. His name is passport. Yeah. So I'm he, gonna call him passport, passport. throughout this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, you know, he takes him on, uh, and then uh Abigail Fix Fortescue, who is the daughter of um the editor of uh the Daily telegraph she's the one who wrote the article and she's like i'm gonna follow him around and i'm gonna report on it and uh yeah eventually he accepts her he he doesn't want her to he doesn't want to be reported on (laughs) because he really doesn't know if he can do it um but my big thing was they he said okay i'm gonna do this and it starts right now at one o'clock it's one o'clock right now i have nothing planned i have nothing put together i don't know where exactly i'm going i don't have any tickets i don't have my you know equipment I mean, maybe that explains his terrible route <laughs> maybe <laughs> i just don't know why he's like i'm gonna go around the world and the way that i'm gonna do this is first i'm gonna go to paris yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go to pisa like yeah what yeah um okay so as someone who's actually read this book um <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just, I, I want to. I, you, you asked what some of the changes are. Well, yes, obviously, is. first is the valet. Like, obviously, the valet in the book is white, um, and is not, you know, and and obviously, fix in the book is not a woman. Um. Oh, we like that. Um. These are both changes that are basically made to partly, you know, to to basically diversify what is otherwise a white dude, white dudes in a balloon story. <laughs> um. And uh, the thing is, is that Fix isn't even a person who's on their journey with them. Oh, um, do they just write about them like sort of uh, from a distance? No, 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 no. Okay, so basically, the reason, first of all, the reason that he, um, he that he hires Passepartout is because he's fired his valet for bringing him water that is slightly too cold. The whole point is that Fog is a moron. Okay, that that, and this is sort of establishes him that he is someone who literally. Oh, that's very interesting because that's not how they're playing it in the show. No, 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 no. But the book very much plays it as he is, he is, he is a moron. He is very, very strict. He is incapable of dealing with. That change. explains their route, right? Like he is totally unable to deal with things outside of his water is a little bit too cold, and he can't handle that. So he fires his valet, right? And that's why he has no valet when this starts. Um. Fix actually doesn't join them until Egypt, and he doesn't join them. He's an inspector who is looking for a robber, 
And Fogg's description kind of looks, sounds a little like what Scotland Yard told him to look for. This so he becomes con- he becomes completely convinced that Fogg is this criminal. So he's basically chasing them around the world, trying to arrest Fogg while Fogg is like trying to basically give him the slip. So this is loosely inspired. Yeah. By- yeah. So, 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 so <laughs> Abigail is basically made from whole cloth. Um, they just basically took the name of this character. The Fortescue stuff is all new. All of that is totally made up from whole cloth. The only thing that's, that's the same is the fact that she goes by the last name of Fix. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Fix with an X yes. or Fix? Yeah, with an X. X. Yeah, okay. um, the other thing, and this is something that we won't get into because we're only talking about the first two episodes, but in Egypt, um, and this is... Another thing the show really has to course correct. Fog kind of has a love interest turn up and her name is Adua and he basically rescues her from being murdered ritually. And it's ah! very much a white, it's very much white saviorism. And, and well, I mean, I was more of the like, oh, goodness, we're going to have the Egyptians commit ritual human sacrifice. That's a choice. Yeah. So um, obviously, yes, we haven't let's gotten. Going, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> we haven't gotten to Egypt yet in the show. So clearly they're going. I, I, I fully assume that that will be changed when we get there. Um, but that's. Um, so this is sort of what when you when you see reviewers talking about, you know, there are just some things that can't be fixed and just some things that 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 are real problems. Um, Fogg's love interest is one of them. The whole reason he finds her is that he basically saves her life and like takes her and basically kidnaps her and takes her with them. Um, so it. it you know, however they handle that, I do actually believe that that the reviews have suggested that we simply don't have a love interest for Fog, which honestly would Fine. not bother me because the way, especially that David Tennant is sort of playing this, I don't really want to see him get a love interest. No, no. Also, I love David Tennant so much, and we all know this, yeah. but he's not super great as like a romantic leading man. Mm-mm, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, love Doctor like Rose. On, unless it's on like good, <laughs> unless it's like on Good Omens, then it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the Doctor Rose on its own, on on merit, but at the same time, like it was sort of awkward, and it was always going to be awkward because he's just kind of awkward in those roles. So honestly, I think that 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 if they totally just skip that part, we will be fine. Um. And that's, I think, the thing that we sort of need to talk about. Also, you asked why this route. Um, And there is actually like maps that discuss the route they take. Because you're like, why why wouldn't you just go across Russia and China? Because that's so much more like, you know, straight across. Um, but as you must recall, this is 1873. Yeah, I figured that must be part of it. Um, so, you know, we go from London. We go down through Europe. We go to, you know, Suez in, uh, in, in Egypt. And then we go down and we cross over to Bombay and Calcutta um, around to Hong Kong. Uh, up to up to Japan, and then across the sea to San Francisco, New York, and then finally London. That's the trail that they take in the books, um, because that's the trail that white people would have taken in the 1870s when uh, when when this was being written. Um, so not direct is all. No, no, it's not direct because of what the train routes were and 
all that kind of yes. stuff. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the traveling is by rail and steamer, even though like I joked that these are, you know, white dudes in a balloon. The right. balloon thing is actually only really in the beginning. Um, this is really I know it wasn't as long as I thought it would be. Right. Like yeah. this is not the great balloon race that way. <laughs> this is very much more like, you know, I don't know, train steamers and walking. Yeah. Um, like we don't we don't have a lot of we we you know there's no automobiles um there's no airplanes etc in my first recap i did mention that though i had never seen any of the adaptations i'd not read the book i did uh, watch the documentary of um michael palin trying to well in fact uh succeeding in doing taking the same route um he did, uh, did he do it in 80 days he did he got back in time and he went back to the reform club that was his that was his first big travel documentary that he did. In general, Around the World in 80 Days is one of those stories that has been adapted like tons of times in the same way that, say, Little Women is. Like there are Around the World in 80 Days films that go back to like silent movies where they're like com- silent comedies, basically, all the way up to, you know, Around the World in 80 Days with Michael Palin, which is like the UK travel show that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been several TV miniseries. Um, I think the last around the world in 80 days film was a disney thing where they made jackie chan the valet so that they could basically have jackie chan do jackie chan things <laughs> and steve um, coogan was a fog oh okay yeah and they, they you know these are very like i it's very much like it is very much a boys book but i feel like in terms of adaptation this is probably the best that they've done in sort of course correcting a lot of the source material. Well, I like that they added a woman. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. I, I like, I, I have to say, of the two episodes that have aired so far, the second episode is so much better than the mm-hmm. first. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. And, and, and and that's partly, you know, the first has to be sort of the let's get everybody together, let's sort of... It's a pilot. Yeah, you know, and, and, and Fog has to get to the point where he accepts these two, and these two sort of have to get to, you know, we can tell already that there's sort of a, a semi-romance going on between them. Again, totally, totally added in. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and yeah, I can't imagine that was in the books. The <laughs> um, valet does not get a love interest in a book in 1873. Period. Um, um, but yeah, I also feel like watching that. I don't. I don't know. I I like this fine, and that actually sounds like more of an insult than I mean it to be. Like I've watched way worse things for this podcast. <laughs> um, guilt. guilt us. <laughs> Baptiste, hey, season one us. and two. Man, Baptiste. Yes, yes us. <laughs> um, but like, I've watched way worse things for this. So I, mean, I think it's fine. It's actually quite a nice little diversionary thing. And, and I sort of like the way that they're kind of trying to make it like an episode of the week, mm-hmm. but based on where they are. Right. Like, I think that's really smart. Um, but I just, and I know not everyone will have this problem because you have not spent as many years as I have watching and dissecting Doctor Who in all its forms. But I, this feels like the a tenth Doctor fanfic kind of to me. Like this is just sort of like ten cosplaying around the world with some humans, and it's just really like it's hard for me to let go of that in my head. Um, I actually he is a little I, eccentric. <laughs> I don't, and I think it's just that because David Tennant 
plays so much of his roles for the most part. I think, again, Crowley from Good Omens is a notable exception to this. And also Des from the serial killer drama Des. I think he puts so much of himself into the roles when they're sort of like these nice everyman guys. Um, that it, it like, they kind of feel the same because like, it's like, he's the common denominator, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, I totally agree with you. Like, I can see what you mean by this feels a little bit Dr. Hooey, but I don't think that's a bad thing. (laughs) Um, I actually really like, um, that I, I, that he's very relatable that way. I do think it's interesting that they're sort of giving him this mystery backstory. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and it's like clearly sad. And it's, yes, clearly sad mystery backstory that he's not filling in. That'll probably be about his parents and being treated badly when he's little because that trauma kind of stuff is sort of the popular thing now. And then why um, he relates to the to the boy in the second episode. I have to say that actually also was part of the reason why I really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really, I, I paid attention to all of those scenes mm-hmm. whereas I, I will confess some of the like... French stuff. Uh, pa- yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh gosh, they're shooting at each other again. <laughs> Yes, there is definitely a little bit of, there was definitely a little bit of, okay, I'll, I'll come back when we're done, right? Like I tried to understand the whole Paris Commune thing, and no, no, I, I just decided I don't there. really, it's it's not going to be throughout the story, just let it go. I know, I was like, we're going to be out of France in like 20 minutes, it's going to be fine. <laughs> really, the thing about France that matters is that we get basically the valet's backstory, we get the ba- valet's brother, and we get sort of, and, and we get more of like Fix's sort of idea of like what is a story and what isn't a story and like that I, I found that to be very useful in defining these characters especially in the ways that they changed them from the books mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really why all that was there basically um, but at the same time like that that episode felt very workmanlike in a way that the train episode I mean, when they got to the bridge and the bridge was out and like they were going across with the with the with the crumbs and like like I was like, I know perfectly well they're going to get across. I know they're going to get across. Right. There's another episode to go. I know, but and there I'm was still like, like, really oh! genuine tension. Yeah, there really right? was. In, in a way that there was not when they ostensibly shot the main character in the first episode. <laughs> right. I was like, like whatever, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Right. Like that did not. But honestly, like the, the, the train really, really got me. The fact that they were taking they were, you know, breaking it all up and putting it in the fire. Like I all of that was so well done. Mm-hmm. And even though like there's definitely an adventure of the weakness to that stuff. But I, I like I said before, I think that actually works in the show's mm-hmm. favor because I think tonally that lets them do different things with different episodes and and just I think it gives them more flexibility than trying to do right. the whole thing over eight episodes. I just I, wonder. I also th- oh, I'm sorry. I just wonder how, though, at the beginning, it's like, okay, day one, day two, first episode, episode two, day three. Are They can't do that. They, they're going to have to speed it up. <laughs> well, they did get another season, so you oh, never know. True. Um, but I also, I do wonder, though, I'm like, are they going to get around the world in 80 days? in the first season and then what happens or are we just going to be on an eternal trip around the world in 80 days until the show's over right. okay so um just a, a few things there um this was completely filmed and finished before season two was greenlit even though season two was greenlit before it aired either here or overseas um so they 
even though there were discussions about the fact, like even as far back as like last summer, like the showrunner was like, we're looking at possibilities for season two. I got the sense from the interviews that this is the full book in season Mm. one and that a season two will basically be doing sort of the handmaid's tale deal where they're just kind of making it up as they go along and they don't actually have a market at wood to keep writing for them um and honestly that's also partly why i call this the 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 vcu or the verniverse is because they didn't just green light around the world in 80 days season two they also greenlit journey to the center of the earth from the same team Oh, but I feel, okay. but that's the same like production team, right. though, though. No, like, but they, no, same director, same showrunner, same. It's not like David Tennant's going to the center of the earth. No, David no. Tennant isn't going to the center of the earth, but they're gonna. It's gonna have the same feel. It's going to be the same sort of. This is this is going to be all of one thing. I would not be surprised if we got twenty thousand leagues under the sea to follow. Mm-hmm. Like this, they are definitely doubling and tripling down on this. Oh wow! Because they think this is really popular. And to be fair, like, um. Even though we are getting it weekly here via Masterpiece, this was basically a holiday show in the BB- in, mm. in the UK. And they actually played episodes one and two back to back on Boxing Day as the debut. Um, I, know, I know we're always like, Masterpiece, stop doing that. But I wish it had done it in this instance. Yes, yeah, I do too. Second epi- I think the second episode is so much stronger. Yeah, I hope people would come back and because I do think it's it's much better. I, I was just so drawn in by the second episode where I was kind of, yeah, the first one. So, mm-hmm. I and I want to say too. You mentioned the showrunner, um, Ashley Farrow. Um, mm-hmm. He, and it's a he. <laughs> um, he uh, is one of the people who created Life on Mars. Yes, which is it is my always going to be my all time favorite TV series ever. <laughs> it's just so good. It has so many elements that and things for different people to like and i just i just think it's a perfect show so i was really happy to see he was involved in it yeah i um i think that around the world in 80 days just in general is like a good place to start because it is so familiar to people and just if you look at their route eight episodes you know we have we have we have London to France for the first episode. We have the train journey episode three will be you know Bombay, um, you know, and we count if you actually go through and count all the stops, it's eight. I think episode three is gonna be Egypt. Like if you didn't watch the trailer, <laughs> the tra- like no, I didn't watch the trailer for next week. I did not. Um, the last thing I saw at the end of the episode was the guy getting a thing for a uh, five hundred pounds to go stop fog. Yeah. Yeah, but he was in Egypt. Oh, he's in Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Um, but okay, so we have Egypt, and then there's India, which would be four. Hong Kong, which Hong Kong, Singapore, which would be five. Japan would be six. San Francisco would be seven, and New York to the Lon- New York to London would be the final episode. So just counting the cities, mm-hmm. this would make sense that we go all the way around the world in mm-hmm. one season. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I have no idea what they'll do for season two. Yeah. Around the world again. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if they would do something where they could find a way to work in a love interest if they skip it completely here. I just don't want that from this show. I know. You know what I mean? Like it, this this feels we were discussing when we were uh, when Carmen sent me her first recap about like, what do we label this under? I went with drama because I didn't feel mm-hmm. like making a new tag. But I 
I mean, I think drama is probably most correct, but this does feel more like just kind of a straightforward adventure yeah. show. Action adventure would be probably yeah. the right thing, but we don't really, we don't get I, I a just, there lot aren't of those. Any, there aren't any of those. Right. No. Um, which is interesting because, you know, now that we have a second season that is already greenlit and that I assume Masterpiece is getting in on and Journey of the Center of the Earth, which I assume Masterpiece will also get in on. Um, I mean, uh, by the way, just to point out, um, it's not just Masterpiece who's in on this either. Like, this is a worldwide production. Mm-hmm. It's not just the BBC, um, Fran- France Television, RAI, and ZDF. Um, RAI, for those who don't know, is uh, Italian, and ZDF is German. Um, this is, like, five different countries basically getting together to do this. Um, it's the United Nations it's the same- TV. And it's the same production and it's the same production team with the same backers and the same countries doing season two and doing Journey for the Center of the Earth, which is part of the reason why I think Journey for the Center of the Earth should be sort of treated as an extension of this. Mm. Um, If you have all the same humans and all the same money, even if we have a different cast, it's still Mm going to be it's like the Marvel shows that way. Like it may feel like WandaVision and Loki may look different, but they're still from the same Mm -hmm. background. Um, And I feel like this is going to be the same sort of thing. Um. I, I think I assume Masterpiece is getting in on both of those, which means we're going to get this sort of action adventure thing from them every year for the next couple of years. And I think that's really interesting because we don't get a lot of that. Right. We get period dramas. We get romance. We get weird contemporary political things. Hi, Cobra. Um, <laughs> and we get tons and tons of mysteries. Mysteries. Right? Crime. Yeah. Right. But we don't get this. And this is very... And I feel like we used to get stuff like this, like when I'm dating us again, but, you know, Gen Xers out there when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Like, there were shows like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And they weren't just... Like, the first one that comes to mind for me is Mysterious Cities of Gold, but that was a cartoon. But, like, these sort of... Like, we also... I mean, like, the A-team. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, we have... This is in the same way that rom com sort of died off for like a decade in theater. I, mean, I wanted Kit from Knight Rider to be my first car, like you would not believe. <laughs> um, I'm just I, like I feel like this is a revival of a genre that sort of fell by the wayside in the last couple of decades. Um, the same way Jennifer Lopez is having a huge comeback with rom coms now. Uh, did you notice? Um. Th- there was a mention of Jules Verne in the second episode. Uh, yes, um, and I actually no, I did not ah. see that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lo- the kid is actually reading a Jules Verne novel, and I like oh my immediately gosh, how self-referential, right? And it, well, I mean that's sort of the fun you can have with these things. But you know, there was definitely a part of me that like ran to the bibliography and like went to look to see like wh- which book is it that he's probably handing him, which one would have been written by the time you know around the world in 80 days happen like that kind of stuff because i'm a total dork well he had built a a model uh uh, space rocket and so you know it's something about going to the moon which again if i haven't read around the world in 80 days i probably don't know what book that's referring to but well both journey to the center of the earth and Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea came out before around the world in 80 Mm. days around the world in 80 days is uh set in 1873 i believe uh Mm -hmm. center of the earth came out in uh, like it's civil war period like mid 19 mid 1860s and Twenty Thousand leagues is 1870 um so yeah i um 
I there there's other but there's other books that we don't know so right. well because they're not the famous ones and I feel like especially because they made sort of sure that they didn't show you the title yeah which I thought was very I actually that I thought was interesting because you know I'm the kind of person who stops and who stops my screener and like zooms in to see the Easter egg <laughs> and I was like there's no Easter egg I, I did can't not see do that. it she is weird <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought, oh, they're really uh, this is definitely going away. You know, if they're starting to refer to the author, yeah, <laughs> this is this is uh, not sticking to the script. <laughs> uh, just looking, just looking at the bibliography, uh, from the Earth to the Moon was eighteen sixty five, and around the Moon was eighteen sixty nine. So there are actually two different ones that uh, the kid could have read mm-hmm. that were not. Um, but neither of which are very famous and probably why they didn't bother show the title. Right. Right. I'm just envisioning the BBC does around the moon next. <laughs> <laughs> well, the BBC has that weird thing that it's coming out with where it's like a sort of a, it's a fake moon. It's a fake oh, alien. It's like, a do- it's like a docudrama. Yeah. It's like a docudrama whatever. where they, they, they basically try to imagine what it would be like if, aliens contacted us read a book guys did no one pay attention when war of the worlds was released <laughs> yeah. that's all i'm saying yeah. read a book <laughs> google is free <laughs> anyway so carmen what are you looking forward to most about the rest of this season um i'm just really intrigued to find out what everybody's uh, well particularly fog's secrets are like who who sent him those postcards that he saved over all these years and called him a coward and I, I, I'm actually curious. I, I, I couldn't tell. Are the rest to the rest of the postcards all say coward on them, too? I don't I don't think so. That was another one where I stopped the screener and like tried to <laughs> zoom in and couldn't see. I was just like, it's his dad. <laughs> no, his I mean, dad he's, is dead. He said so. He says his dad is dead. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I say this, you guys, I say, let me just, before I get people yelling at me on the internet, I don't have any idea if that's true or not. I have not read these books. I will never read these books. That is just my guess right now today as somebody who has watched a lot of television. <laughs> or or the way he said it is, my, he's been, he's been gone. For, I mean, he didn't say dead. I, I, I don't think it just. Did I see a body? No. <laughs> Did I see a funeral flashback? No. <laughs> he's in some nursing home sending me postcards, calling me a coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't know. Um, I I do like that they've added that in because I find that to be intriguing. Um, I also really like that they're sort of emphasizing the fact that 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 his buddies, who he is quote unquote buddies, ha- who he's wagered against, mm-hmm. are literally like out here spending hundreds of pounds trying to stop him. Yeah. Um, I I thought that was I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I I actually am kind of interested to see the thing. I think the thing I'm most interested to see is how they serialize mm-hmm. each episode to have its own like interior story along with the 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 arc of the travel. Um, because that is so not from the books, and mm-hmm. that is so sort of what. That is, I think, the thing that they've really, even more than the casting and the diversity. So, like, the subplot with Past Partu's brother, yeah. the subplot with the kid. Yeah, like, I, I really feel like the fact that they've made it sort of episodic within the arc is is one of the biggest improvements that they've done here. And what is sort of driving this to be as good as it is. 
Um, do they not have adventures like that in the book? They they or do. Are they just like, hey, here we are in Italy. <laughs> they they do, but it's not as it's not as it, it's not as it's it, it's not as easily close ended per chapter in that way because it's sort because because it's it's an it's more novelized. Mm-hmm. So you don't have like you know adventure adventure ends adventure adventure ends like each port at each port of call yes there is kind of a thing that happens um, a lot of it is being chased by Fix mm-hmm. and the need to get away from Fix because Fix is trying to arrest him mm-hmm. um, because Fix is this moron policeman who does not understand that Fog is not his quarry um, so yeah I'm because and because that part is missing. I'm curious what they're going to fill in. Do you think, uh, I've just thought about this. This was a French man writing this book. Do you think that he was making all of these British people idiots because the French don't like the English? <laughs> um, I actually find, I, you know, honestly, like part of the thing that made me tune out of the French revolution-y kind of stuff is I felt they were sort of making fun of French people, British making fun of French people. And I was sort of like, yeah, okay, I've seen this before. Yeah. Um. And I actually am, am, you know, considering that there's also that that this is such a, a sort of a hands across the sea kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, production. I was a little startled by that. Yeah, yeah. To me, Fogg's character. I mean, everybody's character is interesting. I'm, I'm interested to find out more about Parspatu. That he uh, he's. What is he trying to get away from? I mean, he's been to all these countries. They're like, "Ooh, you speak Italian. Ooh, you speak, you know, everything, you know, whatever. He's been to all these different places. What is he running from? It, it can't just be that his dad was killed. I, you know, I don't know. But um, as far as Fog, you know, I, yeah, I felt bad for him when the Italian businessman was just like, mocking him and you know basically saying uh, you're a sissy and you know <laughs> saying that oh the, the boy usually likes women better than men like i i actually thought that was very interesting because you know that's one of those things that's like clearly from you know that that's from the time period and that's yeah. correct and there's no getting around it but right. also like seeing that kind of sort of gay baiting in a show in this era is a little startling mm-hmm. um i also um I really want Fix to like write her book and like you know become like a billionaire. I know I love she's my favorite part. I love her. Do, um, do you because... want her to get with the valet? I'm curious. No. <laughs> I'm I'm neutral about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want me to give you a reason why? Yes, I do want you to give me a reason why. But I'm I I, I was just curious about that part because because I really uh because I think it it. I think it feels a little bit more like they're like that's a ticking the box kind of subplot. Mm-hmm. Like they need to get together because somebody on the show could get together should get together. But I actually think I think I'm more interested in Abigail's storyline as Abigail and like her trying to uh, step out of her father's obvious nepotism and be like her own person with her own career and get respected for the work that she's trying to do on her own terms. And I just think that's more interesting than whether or not she gets with uh, a guy who's lying about being a uh, domestic servant. I, I also really kind of, I, I I know it's a very small role that kind of like goes away after the first episode, but I really liked Jason Watkins. Oh, I love Robert. Jason Watkins and everything. I thought that was, I thought that was <laughs> oh, really that's sweet. that's who he is. I was like, that's a, hey, it's that guy. Uh, yeah, it's a, th- yes. Um, I, I think the last thing we saw him in was The Crown. 
Um, I think that's the last time, I, the last thing I saw him is that he was the he was one of the prime ministers in the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I um, I I really liked him for you know for for what even though it was a small role and he he's probably not going to be back until we get back to London. Like I thought that was like I really liked the fact that like even though he was like trying to, you know, pu- push her down because he has to at the same time the moment she's like I'll go to the times he was like no I, I can't lose that you're you're too good I can't actually lose you. <laughs> and that was and you're my daughter and I can't actually lose you and I really I thought I thought that was really well done for such a small role. Mhm. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I love him and everything that he does. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Anyone? I I, I want to know who they're going to cast in Journey of the Center of the Earth. That um, does not have anything to do with the show, but thank you for your thoughts. She's no, dead. I do. I know it doesn't have anything to do with the show, but I'm actually curious to see how the Verniverse, I guess a better way of putting it is how the Verniverse is going to sort of expand. Um, how they're gonna how how they're gonna do is if if they finish this around the world for season one, what they're gonna do for season two, and if they cast Matt Smith for Journey in the Center of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can I put PCAP? <laughs> um, uh, we could send we could send him down to the, the under the oh, sea. Oh, he could be under he could be Captain Nemo. I'd be into that. <laughs> we, could, we could we could send him under the sea, and we'll just have to find it. We'll have to find another book for J- Jody Whittaker, and and then we'll all be happy. Oh wait, no, we're going to have to find Christopher Eccleston too. He might be a great Captain Nemo, to be honest. <laughs> Not that I'm out here constantly stumping for Christopher Eccleston to get more work because he's amazing and I love him, but. <laughs> Hashtag my doctor forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I liked the show more than I thought that I would, or at least by the second episode. The first episode, I was like, "This is exactly the show I thought it was," and I'm bored. Yeah. But the second episode is really um, uh, a marked improvement, I think. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if if the rest of the episodes follow that same trajectory. But. Uh, yeah, first show, 2022 in the books. Um, Around the World in 80 Days will be airing on Sundays on Masterpiece for the next while, along with a bunch of other stuff that we'll be talking about in other episodes. Carmen, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was Tell the people where they can find you more, find more of you on the internet. Uh, let's see. I'm on Twitter uh, at Addict. And uh, Instagram at British Telly Addict. Um, but my Instagram is more pictures of my Great Pyrenees dog, Albie. Hi, Albie. <laughs> That's mainly where I am. Okay. Annie, you're up. Uh, let's see. You can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my extraordinarily fuzzy cats on Instagram at Annie Bundle. Uh, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and associate editor here at Televisions, and I freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I'm writing about this week, basically just go to my Twitter and go see what I've retweeted because I retweet all my bylines. I think this weekend, oh yeah, it's the Golden Globes, which aren't actually on the air or have any celebrities, but are still apparently handing out awards. So uh, I'm going to be writing about why the heck that's happening because that's I don't weird. understand it. Yeah, no, don't understand. Um, all I know is Benedict Cumberbatch will probably win a lot of things. Yeah, um, and uh, will, the, will it count? Will it matter? I have questions. <laughs> I don't know. 
Power of the Dog was good, but weird. There you go. That's my review. Um. Anyway, me. I'm Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And I have a myriad of thoughts about a variety of things, which you can find out by following me on social media. A uh, special shout out to my cat Hammersmith, who somehow snuck in the room during this recording and has spent the entire time behind me, but I don't think has done anything loud or terrible. So good job, Hammer. Reward him by following him and his brother Baker on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. Nice segue there, huh? <laughs> Aha! Uh, if you don't want any of this stuff, but just want the British things, the site and the pod are on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, and Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. Drum roll, please, because we are also putting our podcast on YouTube, which you can find on YouTube at youtube.com slash W-E-T-A P-B-S. We are a product, as you may have guessed, (laughs) of W-E-T-A. And if you like what we do, you can visit televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and support public media at the same time. You'll also get access to... WETA Passport, which will have lots of goodies for members this winter, including uh, pre-air access to the second season of All Creatures Great and Small, and the second season of Vienna Blood, both of which are coming back, actually are back right now. Time, what is it? (laughs) You can tell that I have not done this show in like three weeks because I'm like, what's happening? What am I doing here? What is the meaning of life? I don't know. But as we look down another year with scary things all around us. I am grateful for the ladies who joined me on this show and for you guys listening out there in the void. Thank you for being here. We will talk about a lot of great stuff in 2022. Hope you all had a wonderful new year and thanks for sticking with us. See you soon. Bye.